Welcome back to the channel. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Dr. Eduardo Carassa, and he's a clinical nutritionist and a raw vegan. He's been raw vegan for 17 years now, just over 17 years, and he's also the author of 10 books. Um, but I'd rather let Dr. Carassa introduce himself. So if you can just give a little account of your story, because it's quite, it resonates quite a lot with me, especially being a, a gamer. I used to be a gamer. So if you can just share your story, that'd be great how you got into the raw foods. For sure, for sure. Yeah, uh, uh, starting with my, my background, like uh, I, I went to nutrition university, I wrote 10 books, I have a TED Talks on actually on the Eden's diet, like a frugivore diet. Like mm -hmm. uh, it's already more than a million followers in Brazil. Uh, I'm probably uh, the main public speaker for raw foods in Brazil nowadays. And uh, I lecture internationally, you know, it's been a quite uh, fun journey. And then I started all that because I was really sick child when I was young. Mm -hmm. And looking, I actually became a, a, a professional Counter-Strike player when I was 17 years old. Uh, so I traveled the globe, uh, Sweden, France, uh, United States, and a lot of other countries, Korea, to play Counter-Strike, right? To compete as a, a cyber athlete, a professional cyber athlete. And then I already had really terrible uh, lifestyle habits since I was young. I didn't know better, right? And when I started Counter-Strike, because we were 17 years of age, we were making some good money for the time and for our ages back then. So I didn't know I had to take care of myself. So I was drinking, smoking, eating junk food, you know, like mm. being sedentary because we played for eight hours uh a day. Wow. Uh, so I ended up getting a lot more sick than I was. I didn't realize that I was sick and I, I didn't realize that I, I you know, I, I was living a bad lifestyle. You, you just, you were alive, right? Everybody does, does things like that, right? So you, you don't just question. And then I started to go, I started going to a lot of medical doctors to because of allergies, nose issues, like I couldn't breathe for through one nostril. I I had terrible back pains, uh, weak immune system, but I was just trying to play Counter Strike better. Actually, yeah. so I I wasn't aware that that was you know a sign of sickness and that I was going to die early. I was just trying to play Counter-Strike better. And mm -hmm. then when I realized that what I was doing to me, to my health, I, I was like, you know, all these medical doctors, they were obese and they mm -hmm. were like, you know, trying to cure me, but it was just pills and surgery. And I was like, I'm 22 years of age. I don't want to go through surgery and cut my nose, cut my back, you know, like, and they were even saying that that wouldn't take me any far, right? Like it, it was going to help a, a little bit, but not like heal myself, Yeah, my back pain or Just my- treat the like, symptoms. 
Yeah, yeah. They they said like you know the sur- surgery helps, but you you were born with this. So these this back pain, this uh, allergy and uh, and respiratory issues, it's not going to get that better. And I was like, you know, like, and I went to a nutritionist back then because of the Counter Strike. We had a Swedish coach that was from Ninja Nip Ninjas of Pijamas, Ninjas in Pajamas. It was one of the best scenes back there. So mm-hmm. he was a, our coach, and he suggested you guys have to go to the nutritionist, have to go to a personal trainer to train every day. And I saw improvements when I started exercising every day. And I saw not just in my health, but in my game. And I was just worrying about get, playing better, right? So after that, I started realizing that everything that we do to ourselves influences our performance. So if I mm-hmm. want to be better in my work, if I want to be better in my sport, if I want to be more intelligent, if I want to be more reproductive, yeah, every part of your body functions according to your health. So if you want to, you know, your muscles to work better, your mind to work better, your immune system to work better, your penis or your vagina or your, yeah. you know, like you know, the spermatogenesis, the creation of new sperm or the creation of new eggs, uh, or woman. Uh, that all depends on health, how well you're nourished, how well you're like living. So when I realized that, I was like, you know, I want to be the best I can be. You know, like I don't want to be second best, third best. Uh, I was competitive back then, and still is, but I, I'm still, I'm still are, I, I'm still it. I am, <laughs> comp- I'm still competitive, but like, yeah. Uh, and then, you know, after going to several years for of medical doctors and then trying naturopathic medicine, naturopathic doctors, osteopath, uh, osteopathy, chiropractors, you know, like uh, I, I, after trying all that jumbo mumbo, you know, abracadabra, you know, like uh, <laughs> ocus pocus magic, I realized that like, you know, like I, I found raw foods mm. and I was like, I tried everything, but I didn't try to live like an animal and to eat like an animal because 700,000 species lives on the planet and they all eat raw foods. And I was like, that makes a lot of sense. And then when I tried it, all my symptoms went, most of my symptoms went away in like three days. I could think better. I could run better. I could, you know, exercise better. I could do everything that I did way much better i was mm. like you know like how didn't nobody talked about this how did i found this any before yeah. because it's so simple right it's so obvious but nobody realized it and then i was i was impressed i i, I was hooked and that was a you know the yeah. journey that got me here i went to nutrition school I, I i went to nutrition university i went to to do all these things you know like uh the YouTube channel, the diplomas, etc., just because I wanted the world to get what I was getting. Mm. The, the the cure the cure of my issues, the the benefits, you know, like uh it, it was so many good things that I I had to share. That's why for I sure. do what I do today. Uh, like for 17 years I have been sharing this message the Brazilian public and now I want to spread my work to English as well. I actually translated I actually translated my 
one of my first books, The Hygienic Fasting, Nature Surgery, to yep. English, and is available on Amazon, uh, on print on demand, on in Kindle, because I think I have a lot to share. The raw food movement, they're right in most things, but they make some mistakes in terms of like lifestyle medicine, and also they they don't understand too much about nutritional science. Mm. Uh, like I mean, people people get too much to the religious part, get too much to you know like to the energy part. But if you don't get the science right, you you, you make some mistakes along the way. So, for example, in the last years, yeah, the last seven years, I have paid attention a lot more to chronobiology and chrononutrition, something that nobody talks in the raw food movement. But if you eat late at night, even if it's raw foods, it's still harmful for your body. You, you mm. still turn on pro-inflammatory genes. If you see light at night, your glucose metabolism, your glucose homeostasis is impaired. So it's not just, you know, raw foods and everything will be okay. If raw, if raw food would be the only solution, you would look at, for example, Okinawas. They, 70% of their diet is sweet potatoes. How mm -hmm. do they get to 100 if cooked foods so toxic as people think? For sure, I'm not saying it's not. There's the Marillard reaction end products. There's a lot of things to, to consider. But, you know, so that, that's pretty much my story. I got in love. I got in love by natural hygiene. Mm. After finding raw foods, I failed miserably, miserably for two months. I was getting too thin, you know, like I was feeling a lot better. And I, I knew I was in the right path, but I didn't know the details. And then I, I went to the internet again. I started looking again. And thankfully, in, uh, uh, I ended up uh, stumbling upon the work of Dr. Douglas Graham, the author of The 80 and Then Diet and the mm -hmm. father of the frugivore movement. And he, and I, I asked him in his forum, like, what should I, who should I study? I want to know more about this. And he said, like, Dr. Herbert Shelton. And yep. I started studying Her Herbert Shelton's books and, you know, work. And I was amazed. It, the guy was, they are both impressive and they're both my main mentors in this journey. And I, I was not just amazed by my results. I was amazed that I needed to share this message with the world. So I think in the last 17 years, dedicating my life to it, I managed to improve to move forward the, the message, to move forward the movement, and to make the science more un understandable for the, for the layperson so they can apply in their daily lives. So now I attend patients and, you know, like, there's not, there's not just one answer. Like, people usually come to me because I have, like, uh, several documentaries on fasting when I do long water fast and I record the documentaries, there's one with uh, going to 2 million views on YouTube. Wow. I did a 39-day water fast last year and people always come to me like wanting to fast and I say like, fasting is just one small part of natural hygiene. You know, mm. if you connect all the dots and all the parts and you make that, you know, really well, 
then you have perfect health. So I, I got it. When I did my first 24 day water fast, six months after starting the diet, I was crying in the end of the fast. And I swear to myself, I was crying of happiness, not of sadness. Uh, it was such an, an amazing moment. And I swear to myself that I was going to not allow people to suffer as much as I did when I was young. So, you know, that, that's pretty much the story. I got in love by the health science that we call natural hygiene. And I think the most important message that we, we need to spread to the world. For sure. Amazing. And that's, that's another thing like that really, yeah, I really like about yourself is the, the scientific application. Because for a lot of the, like you say, the raw food community, we feel amazing. And you've got people saying it's like a miracle diet. And it is truly a really great diet. But there's not a lot of science. There's quite a lot of, as people would say, woo-woo, you know, like mystical stuff. And the good thing is science can actually explain it. Maybe science is a little bit behind the times. Maybe it's only catching up to what ancient people have been talking about for years. But for me, I've got a very logical brain like yourself. When I hear the science, it just makes complete sense. So from the uh, performance aspect, when you can like measure and track things, it's amazing. So I'd love to dive into some of the science and things like that. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Ask, me, ask me anything about it. Yeah. I, I, I know a lot and what most mm. people don't talk in the raw food movement. And I can, I'm pretty sure that's one of my main contributions to the raw food movement. Mm -hmm. For sure. Definitely. I definitely want to, I've got loads of questions. So in terms of like, just quickly, your story, the, the benefits, um, so you had allergies, you had back pain. Uh, didn't you have like diabetes? Did you say? Exactly. I had uh, type two diabetes. I had back yeah. pains. I had allergies. I had like terrible immune system. Like every mouth would get like five days, uh, fever, like or five wow. days in a month, fever. Yeah. I had terrible performance, not just mental performance, but like a physical performance, like in sports. Mm -hmm. So uh, it was such a, a, a pleasure to, you know, to become healthy and, you know, like to have improved in everything. People say to me nowadays, like, you're so intelligent. And I'm like, I'm not. I'm just taking more care of my brain than most mm -hmm. people. Because, for example, the Mylar reaction end products are the cook food toxins. I mean, mm -hmm. like uh, Mylar was a scientist more than 100 years ago that discovered that when you cook a potato, there's toxins that appear in the potato that were not there. They're mutagenic, carcinogenic, clastogenic, pro-inflammatory, gerontotoxins, uh, genotoxic, cytotoxic, so these toxins cause DNA damage, cell damage, they cause cancer, they cause mutations in your DNA. They are uh, aging toxins, gerontotoxins. They are clastogenic, they break uh, the chromosomes. They also are pro-inflammatory. That's one of the main causes of all chronic diseases. So mm -hmm. these cooked food toxins are well-established. So they just to answer your question, these toxins actually are neurotoxins as well. So they cause neurodegeneration and brain atrophy 
as science has, has proved on, uh, again and again. So if you have high-level AGEs in the blood, AGEs is one of the more than 400 cooked food toxins. AGEs mm -hmm. stands for advanced glycation end products. So when you cook, you form several different toxin, toxic compounds. For example, if you cook meat, you're, uh, you're forming even different kind of cooked food toxins that are not formed in vegetables. There are the uh, heterocyclic amines and hydrocarbon polycyclic aromatic. Uh, ar aromatic. Yeah, in English is wow, a, a mouthful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to translate the the terms. Uh, maybe I miss one word or two, but everybody knows that are the toxins that are formed by grilling and barbecuing the meat. So mm -hmm. uh, these cooked food toxins, for example, the AGEs, the advanced glycation end products, is one of the most studied toxins, and they are found in cancer tissues. They are diabetogenic. They are pro-atherosclerotic. I mean, that causes heart disease. Mm. They are involved in autoimmune diseases, coronavirus, COVID. If you have mm. COVID and have higher levels of AGEs, you have more complications. They are involved in every kind of damage to your, to your systems, to your organs, and even to your brain. So we know that fruits and vegetables and the healthy lifestyle is neuroprotective and neurogenic. That means that protects your neurons and also forms new ones. But mm. the mylar reaction end products, even more the AGEs, but also others are involved in neurotoxicity, neurotoxicity as well. Acrylamides mm. and acrolines are so neurotoxin. Uh, so these AGEs are damaging your brain. So people don't understand why they're not as smart as they should, as intelligent as they should. They're eating a lot of cooked food toxins, you know, like, and fruits yeah. have phytonutrients that are actually neurogenic. These phytonutrients, uh, these scholars in fruits and vegetables are actually stimulating our brain, the, what we call the brain-derived neurotrophic factor, BDNF, to mm -hmm. be produced and to stimulate neurogenesis. So it's pretty impressive that you can be a way much better version than your, of yourself just by taking care of yourself. I, I love... Uh, saying uh, by Da Vinci, Leonardo Da Vinci, the the, the artist. Yeah, he he used to say, uh, "Beauty and vitality are gifts from nature, for who follows follow their law, who follow nature's laws." Yeah. So it's it, it's obvious they knew back, like you said, uh, primitive people, and even more in, along the history, people they were more in contact contact with nature, they could differentiate and they could be aware of what the science is proving nowadays. So if mm. you want to be more intelligent, it's just eat more fruits and vegetables, exercise and sleep earlier. They are all neuroprotective habits. Mm. Amazing. So yeah, so this BDNF, I think uh, it was talked about in the book, Return to the Brain of Eden. Have you read it? Yeah, by sure. I think it's, yeah. I, I, I read the book. I read the book. Yeah, but it's it's pretty it's pretty famous in science because it's the main uh, substance produced by the body to generate new neurons and to protect the body, mm -hmm. protect the so, brain. So, so what you're saying for the audience, for the listeners, is if you eat more fruit, it basically helps to expand your brain. And Ex yeah, uh, um, let's go. Uh, the 
the book actually suggests that fruits help us to expand our brains. I also believe that, but you know, it's still not uh, sure in science if our brains was, were expanded by fruits. But we have an article in Nature that because un uh, primatologists back then uh, and science in general believed that primates were more intelligent because of our social nature. We, we have to be social to protect ourselves in nature, you know, communicate. There's a predator there, there's fruit over there. And they believe that was what made the human brain increases in size and become more intelligent than, than other animals. But then the science now is getting more clear that what actually improved our brains were our diets. So now we have data that primates are more intelligent because of fruits. So that, that's well established. But, you know, in human beings, it's hard because you have bias, you have, you know, like, but for sure, I believe that fruits improved our brain throughout evolution, through a genetic loop, like uh, everything in evolution uh, is what we call transgenerational epigenetics. So that means for the next generation, epigenetics is the expression of genes. You can turn on and turn off the genes as uh, by what you do in your daily living. So mm -hmm. by eating fruits nowadays, you're pressing, you're, you're methylation, methylating your genes. So you're expressing them in a different way. So that will be pass on through generations and through millions of years, you had a brain increase. Uh, yeah, I believe that there's not well established in science, but you know, we know that fruits and vegetables are neurogenic, create new neurons. And we know that cooked food is actually causing brain atrophy. Yeah, not cooking food actually, but mm. uh, the lack of phytonutrients and these cooked food toxins are actually causing damage to our brain. So I think it's a pretty good uh, theory that the authors have uh, come upon in the brain of Eden. Yeah, for sure. And can you just, for the audience, can you explain a little bit about natural hygiene? Because for a lot of people, they're still of the belief that we're carnivores and like we were hunter-gatherers, we've always eaten meat. So can you shed a bit of light on like the history and why, why man is like a frugivore? For sure. Uh, Natural hygiene is what we call the science of health. It was actually created in America, in the United States, by a man called Isaac Jennings. He was a medical doctor, and he was not happy with the results that he had. He was like, uh, he couldn't cure his patients as well as he thought he could. And then he started like, uh, he tried an experiment. He started giving uh, placebo pills to his patients, saying that the placebo pills will, will only work if they sleep early, if they exercise, <laughs> if they eat their fruits and vegetables, if they get their sunshine. So he knew that it wasn't because of the placebo pills. He knew it was the lifestyle medicine that he was applying. But back then, you don't have even the terminology, you didn't have the science, and medical doctors were even more. Uh, more, you know, uh, 
hard to understand, hard to deal with it. Like uh, we were always called quacks. All mm. our, our natural hygienists were always called quacks because there were no science 200 years ago to suggest that diets was the main impact on lifestyle, on, on longevity and health. You know, there was no science to suggest that the human beings should clean their bodies, should take vitamin, sunshine for vitamin D. There was no science for that. And the, the modern science is one of the, the good things about it, that we can prove what we knew 200 years ago. So Jennings was actually ostracized and prohibited to practice medicine because he came up to the public five years after he became quite famous in the United States for curing a lot of patients, a lot of uh, incurable diseases. And he came, uh, he came to the public and said, like, I'm not doing anything. You are healing yourself by living a healthy lifestyle. It's not the pills. The pills are fake. And he was like, he got hated, but he wrote books, what he called orthopathy, the name of natural hygiene back then. That means right disease. So disease is rightful action. It's actually not a, like a chaotic, like the, the, the medical profession suggests. It's not like something that invades your body and destroys everything and you, you don't yeah. have anything to, you don't have control over it. You do have control. It's what you do every single day in every kind of detail that matters the most. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's what I try to understand, make my patients and my, my audience understand that these small details that we don't even think about it, like one hour less of sleep, going to night at 9 p.m. instead of going to night at 8 p.m., it's damaging your, your body. There's no, there's no right and wrong. There's only consequences. I'm not suggesting that you cannot sleep at midnight. You can. But your health is not going to be as good as, and you're not going to be as long, longevous as you can be. That means mm. like, it's like the plants on my garden. I have like 350 fruit trees on my yard. Wow. But if I plant like apple trees over here, I'm in Rio de Janeiro. Rio de Janeiro is really hot for like apple trees. Yeah. So they die. But if, if you plant jackfruit trees, mango trees, banana trees, I don't even have to take care of them. They're so resistant, so resilient. They grow in every kind of soil. You know, you, you give them bad soil, they're giving fruit. It's impressive. So uh, it's the same for human beings. We are not plants, but we can survive, die, or thrive depending on the conditions that you provide. So that's why I talk so much in the, uh, in the social media about providing biological needs. There were biological needs adapted through millions of years of evolution to us. So we're adapted to fruits and vegetables. We're adapted to getting, getting a lot of sunshine. We're adapted to sleeping early. We're not nocturnal creatures. We are diurnal creatures. So people nowadays watching Netflix until midnight mm -hmm. and, you know, having dinner at 11 p.m., you can do it. It's not that you can't but you are going to face the consequence. A little bit of the consequences right now, but the biggest consequences will be later in life. That's for sure. Definitely, definitely. So yeah, what I love something you said uh, earlier on just a few minutes ago. Yeah, 
So, sorry, just no. to finish, uh, to finish it up. Natural hygiene then is a model of medicine, uh, a model of lifestyle medicine. Like there's allopathic medicine, the usual medicine. There's homeopathic medicine. There's Chinese medicine. There's Ayurveda, the Indian mes- uh, medicine, and there's natural hygiene. We are completely opposed to all these other mes- uh, medicines. Even mm-hmm. the naturopathic medicines, the natural medicines, the natural cures, we are completely opposed to it because we are not trying to cure disease. We are trying to produce health. We are mm-hmm. not healers. We are teachers. It's completely different. We don't propose to heal nobody. We propose to teach the person how to live healthfully and their body can heal themselves and maintain homeostasis, that like equilibrium of health. So it's that simple. Natural hygiene is just lifestyle. Uh, A medicine model that's based only on lifestyle. That means we heal, we, we allow the body to heal with fasting, with diets, with sunshine, with pure air. You know, there's, for example, I'm looking at my mango trees, the, the <laughs> office doors open, right? Wow. So the trees actually secrete phytocytes. There are gases that we inhale. The gases are invisible, but we know now by science that these gases are inhaled by us and they help the, our immune system. They help to fight cancer. They help to reduce the blood glycemia. Uh, the, the blood glucose, the glycemia. So, you know, there's nobody talking about phytocytes as a remedy for diabetes or cancer, but we know by science that that actually works. So it's pretty uh, crazy if you think about it, but, you know, like nobody's making money out of phytocytes, invisible gases secreted by no. trees. You know, and that's why people are not talking about, but there is well dated in the science. The, so if you, if you put all together these small details, you're going to have your perfect health for 120 years. That's what I'm talking to people and they don't, can even not realize it. You know, like, oh, just one pizza here, just one day of sed- <laughs> being sedentary, just one day of watching Netflix until uh, late at night, just w- one month in the city, just... You're choosing, and you can choose anything. But if you want perfect health, there's no shortcuts. There's no pills and potions and surgeries that can improve your health. You're only going to have penalties for it, in my humble opinion. Mm, For sure. You definitely have to repay your debts with health. All the damage you do to yourself, you have to to pay it back somehow. Um, So so. Just quickly on the carnivore thing, why why are we like frugivores and and not carnivores? Yeah, for sure. Uh, evolution is going on for life in the planet starts with single cells that we call prokaryotes. Prokary, yeah, yeah, prokaryotes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that name in English, right? Yeah. <laughs> so. It was simple cells without all these organelles inside of it, right? And, for example, even fungi, like the first cells in the planet, they had fasting. They had the mechanism to repair themselves and they had the, uh, the, the mechanism to grow. If they have food, they grow. If they don't have food, they enter a repairing mode that is conservation mode. So these, these all came... From the first, so we have this fasting mechanism 
in an homologous uh, method that these uh, fungi in the, the start of life on planet. So it's a pretty similar mechanism, just a little bit of change, but it's still the same throughout evolution. So evolution conserves all these uh, biological pathways, biological mechanisms. So if you take a look, rats can fast, primates can fast, you know, like uh, reptiles can fast. If you cut out a limb of a, an axolot, it's a, a, a small reptile, uh, it, it, it can grow a new limb. You know, like Amazing. the animal can, if, if you grow, if you cut out the limb of the animal, like a, a tail or an arm, the animal starts to fast and grow a new limb. So it's pretty impressive what evolution does. So uh, all these biological mechanisms, all these biological needs, like sunshine, air, exercise, are adapted to animal life since the beginning of the planet. So the animal life adapts to what it have done for millions of years and also have adapted to, for example, when we came out of the ocean from reptiles to mammals, we starting to we start to divide in several different kinds of creatures, right? So there were creatures that were carnivores, there were creatures that were herbivores, and there are also creatures that became frugivores. But there's there are insectivores, there are nectarivores. That means uh, hummingbirds they eat mm -hmm. nectar. Uh, small primates and other kinds of animals they eat insects as that are primar primarily fuel. That doesn't mean that a cat can eat grass. And, you know, that doesn't mean when you say carnivore, herbivore, frugivore, you can see a herbivore like a horse eating a fruit. And it's okay with it. It's not mm -hmm. like he's going to die of malnutrition. It's yeah. like human beings. We can eat meat. But the perfect kind of... The Goldilocks, in terms of uh, proportion of nutrients, happens always with the food that we were symbionts throughout evolution. I mean that we are anthropoid primates by our biology. If you take a look, the opposable thumbs, the capacity to see color, the capacity to sense the sweet taste, the stereoscopic vision that you can see uh, pretty good uh, the the distance of everything that is in front of you uh the the brachiation of our shoulders uh that we can move from side to side to through trees there's a lot of like a uh one of the most basic ones we have two feet two arms and opposable thumbs only primates have these right so mm -hmm. I could talk about anatomy, physiology, and biochemistry for, you know, hours to show every kind of detail. So we, in an, a comparative anatomy, we use uh, this science, this part of science in anatomy to show that each class of animal have quite similar traits. Uh, anatomical traits to allow it to eat the food that it's supposed to. That means nature made us with tools, tools in our anatomy, tools in our biochemistry and physiology 
to determine our our natural food. For for example, if anatomy follows physiology, uh, form follows function. For example, if you take a look at uh, birds, they can fly. They have wings for flying. They have beaks to pick out a small grain, and they have a pouch to sprout the grain. It's mm. quite obvious. They are granivores. Mm. By our biology, they are classified. The birds are the only animals that are made to eat the food from the grasses, the, gra the, the grains, the cereals. That's why they can sprout the cereal. They can pick out the small quinoa grain. How are you going to eat quinoa in the wild? You know, like <laughs> yeah. it's so small. It's so, it's not tasty at all. It's, no. it's, it's It's bland, it's, it's, it's tough, right? So you start realizing that, you know, we can eat anything after cooking, but that doesn't make our, us biological omnivores. That makes us uh, synthetic omnivores, uh, no natural omnivores. That means that cooking allows us to be omnivores, not our biology and other every other uh, really omnivore animal in the planet so it's up to you guys but you know i prefer to eat fruit because we were made throughout evolution uh, uh primate animals and ma animals made for fruits uh so the nutrition part the taste part The raw parts all comes together when you think about it. For example, mm. if you cook the food, you are going to form cooked food toxins and you're going to lose nutrients. So, you know, why cooking the food if you can eat it raw, if every other animal eats raw? If you take a look at the part of nutrition, fruits and vegetables uh, have the most perfect mix, combination of nutrients to allow us to thrive. According to the science, you can take a look at epidemiology you see that fruits and vegetables are always inversely correlated with chronic what we call morbidity and mortality. That mm. means like fruit, when people that eat more fruits and vegetables have less disease and die less from these diseases, from all causes. Mm -hmm. All causes, that means that all kinds of diseases, from heart disease, cancer, diabetes, etc. So, you know, uh, all angles that you look at, We are still anthropoid primates. We didn't have evolved to eat cooked food. We didn't, you know, it's silly. But like all animals in the planet, if you take a look at a dog or a cat, we all know that cats are carnivores. But now we are feeding them with whiskers. Mm. Uh, it's processed meat with preservatives and wheat and even carrots. I, I mm. once I, I took a look at a, a, a package of like you know food for animals you know yeah. industrialized food for animals and it was like carrots I was like <laughs> you know carnivore eating carrots and wheat yeah. and they 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 survive but they cannot thrive on processed food with carrots it's mm. not their perfect nutrition but like every other animal in the planet. We can survive eating any kind of crap. People survive eating French fries, McDonald's, like Burger King. You know, like, why can't you survive on meat and potatoes? Mm -hmm. But 
that's not perfect nutrition. Definitely. And do you think people see some like short-term benefits on the carnivore diet just because they're cutting out all the processed foods? Is that why? Because some people, they might see short-term benefits. So w why might they see these benefits even though they're, they're eating like suboptimal food? Excellent question. I think also not just because of that. I also think that because meat is way more natural to us than all the industrialized crap that they are eating. Mm. You know, it's still a food because industrialized food, that's one of the, my main messages also to the vegan movement is that I, not because of ethics, but because of nutrition, I think meats, eggs, fish is better than the industrialized crap that we call vegan food, you know, like, yeah. you know, like vegan Impossible burgers, burger. vegan. Yeah. Yeah. So like for sure, people used to live to a hundred eating a little bit of meat here and there, but nobody's going to live to a hundred eating vegan industrialized food, you know, like it's, it's toxic. So like, that's why I, uh, one of the things that I think about the carnivore movement and for sure, uh, there's a lot of uh, questions to talk about it. Because when you eat primarily meat, you go into ketosis. And mm. that's somewhat of fasting. People can probably be also caloric restricting. There are also some, for example, if you have a chronic uh, inflammatory bowel disease, you cannot digest fiber. So if you take a look and if you think about it, uh, these people can try to eat healthy plant foods but have like terrible terrible stomach ache terrible mm -hmm. stomach pain because they're already sick so when they expose themselves to these fiber or anti-nutrients in in they they end up having a lot of symptoms and you have to think about even more because they're coming out of crab food to carnivore but they never tried a raw food diet Imagine if they were sprouting the chickpeas they're eating, sprouting the lentils. For sure, there's like, there's difference on uh, several different aspects from cooking to sprouting, you know, or maybe they're even frying their lentil, you know, like they're trying, try, throwing mm -hmm. oil on top of it. And even more, when you go carnivore, keto, or vegan, most people that are, a lot of people that are doing these, uh, diets changings. They're looking for health. So you, you went carnivore, but now you're exercising and sleeping mm. earlier. And you know, like there, there's always that. That's why we use in epidemiology, we cut out the confounding factors. So we cannot do a study on what diet's better. Like try the same diet on us, but you smoke and I drink. So mm. what, what is worse, smoking and drinking? You, you get mixed results. Mm. You have to get a, a, a homogeneous population. Like we don't drink, we don't smoke, we have the yeah. same diet. And then you can see the outcomes, right? You just mm. change one, one aspect and then you see the outcomes. Definitely. So, um, I'm quite curious and I'm sure the audience are quite curious what like a day in the life looks like for you. So could you run us through? Just things like your diet, what times you eat, your exercise, just like a typical day, and maybe just like a tiny little explanation why you do that. 
So maybe if it's because of the chronobiology or things like that, yeah. I think that'd be great. Just before starting the interview, a guy that works here, uh, I'm I'm doing like a construction. Uh, I'm I run retreats here, my my place. Right, mm -hmm. we have a tennis court. We are three blocks from the beach. We have 350 nice. fruit trees on the yard. So I'm 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 getting the 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 place that we run the retreats bigger. And the guy that, that works here with me, the construction worker, he just brought me avocados. So wow. we we are in the countryside, right? So these these black avocados are so so sweet, soft, and so good. And what's the deal? I uh, that's why I show the avocados. I eat fruit because it's the most tasty food in, in its raw state. It's already mm. cooked by the sun. It's already seasoned by God. Or if you want to, uh, yeah. I'm not, I'm not religious or anything. I'm just, you know, uh, trying to reach all kinds of different publics. But uh, it's all actually already seasoned by our DNA, our tongue. We have a DNA. We have like a gene that is codified that comes to the tip of our tongue and allow us to sense the sweet taste. So that is, you know, the the papa chimp, the the the, the old <laughs> chimp, the 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 this chimp father doesn't yeah. need to say to his children, to his son, kid, you have to eat bananas because it's healthy for you. The chimp already knows what to eat. Mm. It's in his all the, his neurocircuitry is already adapted to that. So I try to live as healthy as I can and according not just to the science, but also to my biological indications by my instincts, my, by my, this neurocircuitry. So I wake up as soon as the sun rises, because when the sun hits our skin, hits our eyes, that raises our cortisol level and drops the melatonin level. So mm -hmm. you get like, woof, I'm awake. Yeah. So I fast until around noon every single day. It depends if I play tennis, if I get hungry a little bit early after some intense exercise, but I fast until noon. But like around 10, 10 a.m., usually 10.30, I go out to the gym, lift some weights and run or play tennis. I love to play tennis. It's actually the longevity sport. So uh, I, I only not, only, not only love the sport, but also now I know that's the most sport the sport most correlated with longevity, right? Mm. So I play tennis, I surf, or I run to the gym and lift weights. I do calisthenics, I do gardening because dig up holes, big holes for uh, planting some saplings. Like I, I, I'm, I'm here also in my my site. There's sempadac, durians, and Cherry oh, wow. moyas, uh, but planted, still small, right? I, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm trying to grow them by seed. Uh, so to dig up big holes for to put these trees on, on the ground, it's hard work. It, it's, 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 it's a good exercise. Mm -hmm. So uh, I do a lot, at least one hour to an hour and a half, maybe two, even more sometimes of exercise, and then I break my fast. I break my fast and have the biggest meal around noon. 
and uh i try to make like i i make usually a fruit meal around two or three kilos maybe i can eat some nuts and seeds or i can even eat uh, some vegetables but mostly fruit uh at lunch and then at i after lunch i maybe work a little bit from the on the cell phone and then i take a siesta uh that means the six hour in latin the small nap during afternoon yeah. they love them That's in spain what, yeah it, 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 there's a cortisol drop around noon so that means the cortisol drop is the cue for animals to actually rest a little bit and then to get on with their life so these siesta is already for example there there was a research from harvard in 2007 in greece that showed that uh when greece tried to abolish the siesta heart disease in uh raised in 28 percent or 35 percent or something like wow. that yeah they started like having more heart disease just because of losing half an hour to an hour of siesta every day so mm -hmm. it's pretty impressive what the science shows but also it's pretty impressive that everybody feels you know uh, a little bit sleepy around noon it's not yeah, it's even true. if you're a raw fooder you feel a little bit sleepy because we're made to sleep at that time when shelton herbert shelton i read shelton's books like 17 years ago my dad had a parrot right he had like two parrots on our house and the parrots actually at noon i i don't agree with that by the way i i'm you know like i don't agree with animal uh, you know locking a, a animal in a cage or even letting mm -hmm. him lose but you know anyway he had it uh so the two parrots during after lunch they were always going to the shade and taking a nap it was like you know it's even the animals do it it's mm. really intuitive it, exactly so uh and then i after the siesta i come back to work work a little bit more and then around 5 5 30 p.m i prepare dinner and eat dinner before i preferably before 6 p.m mm -hmm. and okay. after that i i don't do circadian lighting as i teach my patients i actually just stay in the dark with the cell phone and the laptop work a little bit more with blue light filters and then i go to bed i mm -hmm. try to i try to sleep at around 8 p.m but sometimes wow. you can't right some like yesterday i did a, a live i played tennis until seven and then i had to go dinner i end up like throwing the compost in the compost bin you know like i ended up sleeping 10 40. Mm -hmm. but you know most of the days i try to you know yeah. live hygienically at to a, my perfection definitely sounds good so what what do these meals typically consist of like so the lunch when you when you break your fast at noon uh what kind of fruits will you will it be like a mono meal or will it be a mixture or yeah what do you what do you like to eat uh it depends it depends too much on the season it depends a lot on several different uh aspects right but if you for example when it's persimmon season 
<laughs> I don't want anything else than persimmons. Yeah, I can yeah. eat like 20 persimmons in a row. When it's uh, now is jackfruit season and mango season here. The mangoes almost already ended. Just the farmer's market mangoes I can get. I don't have mangoes from my trees or from organic mangoes from the region anymore. Uh, so I am eating mangoes, jackfruits, some plantains, and some papayas at the same meal nowadays. It's just because I, I run a retreat. There was uh, some leftovers and I'm running a lot. You know, I'm eating the, the, the food that was the leftover. Yeah. But usually, I like to do watermelon mono meals, you know, like it depends on the day and depends on the quality of the fruit. But nowadays, I have, I have always some fruit growing in the yard. I'm, I'm probably picking mulberries and uh, sugar apples uh, to eat as well today. Nice. So... See, for me, it's quite, it's quite normal to eat large amounts of fruit because I'm used to it now. I've adapted. But a lot of people struggle. So what, uh, have you got any tips for people to transition to this raw lifestyle? For sure, for sure. There's many. There's many. But like, I think the biggest uh, tip I can give everybody is study. Study, 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 study. People don't realize it. If I saw, I, I love tennis, right? If I see Novak Djokovic playing on uh, on TV on the biggest tournament, like you know, U.S. Open, I can think it's like, wow, that's so cool. But I cannot do like that, you know. Like I can no. play tennis pretty good, but like I cannot be half as good as he are. Why? Because the guy is studying, practicing, studying, practicing, studying, practicing for like 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. Mm. You know, that's quite simple. If I see a tango teacher and I see his moves and I know that he goes to the left and then the right and then uh, front and then back. If I try to repeat a tango teacher and I never dance tango, I'm going mm. to fail miserably. Although it can seem quite easy it's not you have to adapt your brain you have to adapt you know create new uh, new connections new pathways to do that without even thinking about it so the the best tip i can give people and that's why i wrote more than 10 books i i, I created six online courses i run retreats and i attend patients because i can solve their problems I can mm. see what, what, because there's many tips and depends on the person, depends on the case, depending on a lot of things, right? So I'm going to give some generic answers, but Perfect. it's all, it's like, it's like I say, uh, Ronaldinho, or, or the, one of the biggest uh, soccer players in the world. It's like he was one of the best players in the world, but he, he still had a coach, you know, like, these guys are so good, but they still have coaches because when you have somebody uh, helping you, watching you, you can improve a lot more. So it's mm. the same with nutritionists and medical doctors. If they know what they're talking about, if they are uh, in agreement, you know, there's a little bit of more details over there, right? Uh, because a medical doctor can be thinking you're crazy to wanting to live off raw foods. But uh, so my main tip, would be have guidance, you know, have a professional with you uh, and read and study. That's why I wrote 10 books. 
because the books helped me a lot. I read like more than 100 raw food and nutrition books in my beginning, my first and second year. So that helped me a lot. Mm. And also uh, not just read and study, but apply, practice. That's one of, you know, go onto my YouTube channel, learn a recipe and go to do the recipe and do the recipe two times, three times, and then learn a new recipe, go to the kitchen, go to the farmer's market and try the recipe. You have mm. to, it, it, it's, uh, yeah, it, it repeat, repeat, repeat. It's overload. Everything in life, I had a, like a tennis teacher and he was like, my back hands, my worst uh, stroke. So he had like overload, overload, overload. Always mm. on my backhand because I already know the forehand. So it's, you know, so yeah. it's, I think that's the main tip for everybody. Study and practice, study and practice. But for sure, it's as easy as eating more fruits and vegetables. But yeah. like in the beginning, I, I try to eat pineapples and I burned my mouth mm. because I didn't know the, the, the season of the pineapples. They were brilliant, ripe. You know, I try mm. to bite into some sweet potato. So that's why you need study and somebody to guide you. It's way better. It's way mm. easier. But for example, in my back, in back, my, my days back there, I, I couldn't afford, uh, to pay a consultation with Doug Grant. For example, I couldn't, I, I didn't know any other, people that I could trust to do this kind of work. So I just study, study, study and try it all by myself. It works if you are really dedicated and if you have some time to lose, time to spare. Mm. So it's, you can save time if you just, you know, do it this way. Yeah. And health, health is the most important thing. So if we can't make time for improving our health, then I don't know what, what we can make time for. So, <laughs> yeah. people don't people don't understand that, but I agree. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And Doug Doug Graham and the eighty ten ten diet for me as well been been a great help, and it's a really good foundational book as well. And yeah, so in terms of like diseases, what would you say? I'm not going to say cure because it's quite a censored word, but let's say reverse diseases. What kind of diseases can we? reverse with with this kind of lifestyle like diabetes things like that have you what's the kind of science behind that how, how it yeah affects blood sugar and things like that i have seen many things like impossible things along the years and i continue mm. to see it but like i cannot because it's it's complicated because for example first it's how well the patient adopts the recommendation because it's one thing to have a consultation with me. The other thing is to adopt perfectly, right? Mm. To, you know, so it, it depends on how well the, the person will practice hygiene. The second part is how well he, he have knowledge of the, the, the information. Because if he, if he just follow me on Instagram and try to apply the things, he's not going to be aware of a lot of details. You know, it's, it's it's a lot of things to learn. So it's about your knowledge, how well you apply it, and how advanced, how progressed is the disease. That that's one of also one of the main things. And for sure, fasting is the the more 
intense, no intense, more. It, it, it can, fasting has a long water fast, has the capacity to heal mm. way more than you, you can with, an, uh, with the perfect lifestyle. Unfortunately, mm. uh, <laughs> fasting for 40 days is not that easy. No. Still, but like, it's, it, it's needed. You know, if you are too damaged, Fasting, it's the only way to get the reversal that you, you're looking for, the improvement that you're looking for. Because the lifestyle can maintain health in some degree, but fasting can actually reverse a lot of the, of the damage that we have done. Yeah. So, yeah, for sure. We have uh, science behind like diabetes, for example. A plant-based diet is probably uh, that we have published it. Is the best way to treat diabetes. I also think, I, I even think that a raw food diet would be, would be it, it is even better, mm. but we don't have science behind it. Uh, cancer, we know that we can actually start to reverse with a plant-based diet. We have Ornish research and we have other researchers as well. Uh, Ornish has shown that you can turn on and turn off 500 oncogenes, genes that promote cancer and genes that prevent cancer, you can turn it off and turn it on just by changing your diet to a plant-based diet. Mm -hmm. And um, heart disease as well, autoimmune diseases. That's, what, that's the thing. People are just thinking about reversing the disease. I'm thinking about producing health. Because yeah. you, may, you may not reverse the disease 100% like type 1 diabetes, but you can improve the quality and reduce the disease drastically. So I think that mindset, it makes people, you know, I cannot cure my disease, so I'm going to live the same way that I created it and die mm -hmm. earlier. You know, like it's, it, it's crazy, but that's the way that people think. I'm just going to adopt this crazy lifestyle if I know I can cure my disease. And mm -hmm. it's not like that. It's not as simple. Uh, health and disease is the line that goes out before your birth to the end, to the, to the last breath you have. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a continuum. And yeah. this continuum, it, it, it's not just the disease that you are seeing, not just the symptoms you're seeing. It's the, the function of the physiology behind it. I can have cancer, but if I'm taking care of myself, my brain will be working better. My muscles will be working better. I still have cancer. My body, my body is still damaged, but I can work and be a lot better if I continue to take care of me, even though my body cannot reverse the cancer, you know? Mm -hmm. So the Definitely. disease doesn't limit you. You can do whatever you want and you, you can be better even if you have the disease and the body cannot reverse it. Mm, definitely. We can just make the best choices in the moment. Yeah, exactly. Can we uh, talk a little bit about fasting? Because I know, like you say, you did two fast. One, was it 24 days and the other 40 days? I, I did many. I did many. Yeah. So The longest, the longest was 39. The documentary yeah. is actually on my channel, my YouTube channel, and on Lawrence Lockman YouTube channel as well. Mm -hmm. I did my last 39-day water fast in Tanglewood. All the others I did at home. I don't recommend it doing at home. But, mm. you know, 
I trust myself. I know what I'm doing. I'm, you know, I studied a lot of about it. I I have really good control over my mind and body. And I also didn't have the money back then, right? When yeah. I started. Nowadays, yeah, I have the money, you know, expensive. but yeah. Uh, yeah. Because for us going out Brazil to fast, spending like $8,000, $9,000, maybe $10,000 to spend like two months in a fasting facility. Mm. It's like spending $5,000, $5, right? $50,000, sorry. $50,000. Mm. Like your whole yearly salary. Yeah. yeah, for us, it's like five, five times more expensive because $1 is like five reais. So it's way more expensive than anything going to America, for example. Right? Mm -hmm. So $50,000, you probably can buy a home over there, right? You can probably buy a house. In America or? Yeah, in America, right? No, I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> At least a small apartment in the suburbs or something like that. Pro probably not. I, th I think property is usually a few hundred thousand, but I, I don't know. It depends on the area. But yeah, So yeah. why did you do the fasting? Uh, did, were you still uh, uh, diseased or still ill? Or, yeah, what, yeah, Yeah, for sure. Probably like uh, I, My health improved. Like, uh, that's why I'm still doing it after 17 years, right? I'm yeah. still so happy about it, still so motivated about it. But like for sure, I had like terrible issues with my back. And mm. there's difference because after you build a house, you can repair, but you don't build the structure back. So my mm. bones were pretty thin when I was young. It's still thin. And I'm not going to build it back. That's what people don't realize and don't understand it is that after I build my bone structure to undo it and Build it again, it's impossible. I would have to die. So there's things in the blood, like uh, diabetes type 2, for example, is way easier to reverse than, for example, uh, herniated disc. Mm. So there are things that actually the body cannot regenerate. There are things the body can regenerate, but it takes time and takes a long fast. So it depends on what we're talking about. Just blood issues, nutrition issues, or we are talking about anatomical issues, you know, it's like cutting out a limb, cut out your leg. Fasting is not going to regenerate. You can, yeah. you can try to fast for like a, a year, but it's still not growing back. So uh, I was trying to regenerate my back as most as possible and try to, you know, improve every kind of physiological aspect. That, that's the thing. Fasting is not only about regeneration of damage. It's actually about getting youthier and healthier. Okay, so fasting is normal for nature, for all animals in nature. So that's one of uh, important part that people don't realize it is that uh, I fast not just for repairing old damage that I did with 22 years of terrible lifestyle habits, Drinking, smoking, and a lot of other stuff. But also, yeah, and this last 39-day water fast, I knew it. I, I already knew by studying Herbert Shelton's lectures, etc., that I could improve even more with a 39-day water fast because my longest was 24 and 23 before this 39. And yeah, it was quite impressive what I got. Uh, the... 
the back and the and the compressing of the muscles and the compressing of the the vertebr vertebras and the brushes it got a lot better even though with raw foods got better but not that much mm -hmm. this 39 day water fast did like some remarkable things amazing so why do you think the fasting is maybe more effective than the raw foods is it because you're freeing up more energy is it like yeah. because I, you cannot do the body can't do what he does fasting while you're eating it's like mm -hmm. trying to stop in the garage and asking for the mechanic to fix your car while you're still driving it's impossible <laughs> right you have to yeah. change that you have to stop so the body just focus on regenerating repairing and renewal of cells and mm -hmm. So we still don't know why, but it's the redirection of uh, energy. Or you build or you repair. You cannot do the same thing properly at the same time. For sure, you repair while you're eating. And for sure, you can grow while you're fasting because you still have nail growth and hair growth while you're fasting. But like, it's not the same. Mm -hmm. It's not the same. You, you, the body puts effort. You can take a look at Walter's Longo research on uh, fasting mimicking diet regenerates, induces NGN3 uh, beta cell regeneration. That means that when he puts people on a fasting mimicking diet and even more mice, because he he proved more stuff on mice than in humans, but he still proved in humans that, that there was a human trial on that research. Uh, he shows that you can induce a gene that is only turned on when you're in your mother's womb to produce the beta cells that are in your pancreas that actually produce the insulin that is actually the cells that the, the type 1 diabetes has lost. Because type 1 diabetes is an autoimmune disease that attacks the beta cell pancreas, the, the pancreas cells that we call the beta cells that produce insulin. So with that in mind, what can actually turn on a gene that is only turned on when you are in your mother's womb to produce beta cells, uh, pancreas beta cells? It's like insane. You know, mm. nothing do nothing do what a fasting can do. So mm -hmm. we're still starting to prove this in science, but we hygienists know for a very long time. And, so uh, yeah, powerful. And, I, and what actually, would you? I, I, I actually have a bug on my laptop. Yeah, I saw it. I saw it land it, on the it, back of your laptop. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. It, being nature is like that, right? I mean, I'm office, but right outside, yeah, there's like. <laughs> <laughs> and and what do you think about? Have you got time for a few more questions? By the way, uh, really quick, but I do. Okay. Um, yeah. What do you think about dry fasting? Because I hear a lot of. Yeah, insane, controversy. insane. Mm -hmm. No science behind it, and you know, uh, no, at least no, no clinical. Because you have to take people that you trust. You have to take people that actually have done this for a long, long time. And Herbert mm -hmm. Shelton, for example, he fasted forty thousand people. Who I'm going to trust? A guy that just got into raw food and is talking about dry fasting or Herbert Shelton that fasted people for mm. 90 days, had patients for 90 day water fast. You know, mm. I'm going to trust somebody that has done this for a long, long while. And there's yeah. no people, there's no fasting supervisors that are really 
knowledge about it and can show science about it and can show even clinical benefits on it. Mm. You know, so I, I think it's dangerous. Definitely. Yeah, I think a few raw foodists have uh, actually died who, you know, practiced it. So, yeah. I think I, I, I agree with you. I, I did. I didn't want to talk about it, but for sure, nah, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, it's it's uh, yeah, like you said. I think I'd rather follow like a proven path than than take a, a unnecessary risk like that. Animals drink while they fast. They don't mm -hmm. drink a lot, but they still drink. You know, like yeah. why go against nature? The body needs water to detox and to break down stuff. You know, like water is needed. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Okay, so on that note, um, we're going to end with a few rapid-fire questions. Sure. Uh, I'm not sure if you've seen this before, but it's just the idea is just try and answer the questions as fast yep. as possible, basically, but feel free to elaborate if you need to. Sure. Okay, so describe yourself in one word. Healing the world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm trying. It, it can it can sound crazy, but you know, like I'm an Aquarius. I I believe in zodiacs, and Aquarius are always trying to be, are are a lot rational and are always trying to you know uh, change the world in some way for the better. So mm -hmm. I, I I would like to see myself as a Darwin of medicine and uh, nutrition one day. You know, somebody that brought a lot of good things that nobody saw before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, it's quite hard to summarize that in one word. So, yeah, I'll, I'll let you have healing the world. Three, three words is acceptable. <laughs> yeah. What is one book that everyone should read before they die? Uh, yeah. I truly Good. believe I have done really an incredible job. Uh, this is still in Portuguese. I'm, I'm going to try to translate to English as well. This is mm -hmm. The Diet of Eden, uh, my main book on, on, on diet. Uh, and The Hygienic Fasting Nature Surgery that is already on Amazon. This is mm -hmm. for sure the best book on uh, fasting in the world right now. I have read Shelton's work. I have read Furman's work. I have read a lot of other people's work. I have synthesized all the old, uh, old writings with all the new science and put it together really comprehensive, really long mm -hmm. book and all numerical references. That means the wow. bibliography of the research is all here. So you can mm -hmm. read all, every kind of research like the NGN tree, beta cell driven regeneration from Longo, from, you know, like clinical Amazing. applications from Shelton. And uh -huh. the Eden's Diet is my main book, uh, main, main diet book. That means uh, I talk about us being frugivores, but I also talk about the cooked food toxins, about the, the, why we went out of the Garden of Eden, because geology shows that actually there was an ice age a hundred thousand years ago. And that's why we start cooking because of the ice age and the mm -hmm. lack of fruits and vegetables. And the ice age just ended 13,000 years ago. That is actually the Neolithical period. When uh, uh, around when it started the Neolithical period, when we start planting seeds on the ground and we start growing gr uh, grains and you know the silos to to store them and we start mm -hmm. cooking. So I, I show all the history, the mythology from the Greeks that they, they call uh, because we call the 
the Garden of Eden, right? But the Greeks, Greeks called the Golden Age of Man. So mm -hmm. we, I show the mythology, the the history, the the anthropology, the geology. I show all the science that come together to show that we were actually frugivores living in the Garden of Eden for millions of years, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Theology do doesn't ag uh, agree with we being here around millions of years, but anyway, amazing, amazing. So that's on Amazon, is it? And th that's in English. The the fasting book. The fasting book is in English. The the other is still in Portuguese, but it's going to be available, I hope, in a year or so. Great, great. And what's your greatest strength and your biggest weakness? Being a visionary. Mm -hmm. And my biggest weakness would be maybe maybe it's a strength as well, but not being too patient. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> I have yeah. to make I have to make things uh, right away, right? If I have I have the idea, you know, like I I, I want for for yesterday, not for tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I, I actually I think my biggest weak uh, strength is being a visionary. Uh, mm -hmm. I usually can't catch up to the I, I i don't have emotional feelings about stuff you know like i don't ah, i'm not going to do this because you know mm. yeah you have discipline yeah 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 do you believe in having a purpose if so what is your purpose in life yes for sure ikigai as the okinawa suggests mm. our the purpose is one of the main things in, in, even in health but my purpose in life is to spread natural hygiene, make the world know what natural hygiene is. And actually, if all we all would be natural hygienists, the world would be would become the Garden of Eden again. Mm. Imagine durians selling everywhere. Mm -hmm. That's what I was saying to my parents. We need to, yeah, just spread the fruit message and make the world like that again. More fruit trees. I think it's only beneficial. <laughs> the guys, and, the guys coming up to my my headset. <laughs> oh, poor little fella! And finally, imagine you're speaking to someone who feels like their life is at its lowest point. So, like someone depressed. What piece of advice would you give them? Eat fruit. Be cute. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> uh, diseases shouldn't be happening we are just violating nature's laws if you learn to apply these to your life you you can reverse the depression and feel like you know paradise every single day in your life because that's mm. what being happening for me 17 years of you know the best quality of life ever amazing and uh, yeah, where can the people find you? What have you got going on? What are your links? What, what yeah, it's, what would you like to? It's always Doctor Corassa, or my even my name Eduardo Corassa, or Saúde Frugal. Saúde mm -hmm. Frugal means frugal health in English, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Health, but based on fruits or health based on simplicity. That means. And Doctor Corassa is my last name. Corassa is Italian, so you can find me. Also, I have the the social medias in Portuguese, but I also have the social medias in English. So, mm -hmm. uh, no, that's <laughs> it. If, if people are watching on the video, they'll be able to witness. Yeah. 
a uh, what is it? Is it a fly? No, it's like a bee, a really small beetle. Yeah, really tiny, tiny, tiny. Yeah, beetle. yeah, I see him. <laughs> yeah, uh, so you you've got this social media, the the books. Yeah, Doctor Corassi in all uh, in all uh, medias, but I have Doctor Corassi raw food nutritionist in TikTok and Instagram and YouTube. So mm. it's still pretty small, but you know, I'm I'm planning to grow because I know I can contribute a lot to the raw food movement. <laughs> You're too humble. <laughs> pretty small. It's over a million collective no, no, followers. No, it, 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 it's it's small in, in English. In English, it's yeah, like yeah, mm. a two two thousand each. You know, but that will grow. But yeah, thank you for joining me, and uh, thank you for the the listeners, the audience, and uh, peace and love to everyone. Have a great day. Thank you.